if you are brand new in your journey of shopping ethically, or if you've been shopping ethically for a while, one of the most common frustrations I hear from people is it's just so hard to find in one place all of the things that I need to buy And I don't want to have to go to 10 different websites. I want to be able to find, you know, my toilet paper or toothbrushes or a dress for a wedding I need to attend in one place. Well, my guest today is trying to solve that exact problem. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an all-around amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Rachel Coyce, the founder and CEO of Simple Switch. Three years ago, she had the chance to be a business consultant for entrepreneurs in the poorest parts of South Africa. She was so impressed by what they'd created and learned so much from them, but she also understood the privilege that she held. So when she came back from that trip, she knew that she wanted to use her everyday choices to empower those with less resources. But she came back to the United States and found that it was actually really hard. Hours of research about company ethics, labor laws, and environmental impact just weren't sustainable in her busy life. She wanted to make a positive impact, but she felt exhausted every step of the way. That was when she decided to start Simple Switch. The hope was that people like her, people like you, people like me, could have an easier way to spend their money on products that have helped you, helped us vote for the kind of world we want to live in. So the companies that Simple Switch is working with have committed to improving livelihoods, protecting the beautiful earth that we live on, and empowering people to change their futures, our future. We firmly believe, Rachel firmly believes, that even if one person, one person ever uses the Simple Switch platform, that the impact created would be worth the work of creating and sustaining the company. It is absolutely amazing. Simple Switch is really kind of this this one-stop shop, to use the cliche, for finding ethically made, simple products that you use in your everyday life. I loved my chat with Rachel. She is absolutely amazing, and I know that you are going to be inspired by her. So without further ado, on to my chat with Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. I am pumped, pumped, pumped to talk with you today because I just think what you're doing is what so many people have told me, like, I wish that this type of thing existed in the universe and there you are going and creating it. So um, we're going to talk all about Simple Switch and we're going to talk about how you got started and with all of that. But before we do that, I would like for you to do what all my guests do and that's give us the Rachel 101. So tell us who you are and how you got to where you are today. I love that. I was definitely one of those people who was like, this is what I need. So it's so encouraging to hear you say that. Let's see, Rachel 101. I am a young female entrepreneur living right between Boulder and Denver, Colorado. And I have grown up here. The mountains and the outdoors have been my playground. So it's a huge part of me. I think 
Well, kind of an interesting fact. I majored in business um, and studied what I do with Simple Switch, but I also majored in theater performance. So that's kind of a fun part of my personality. Not a lot of people in the business world know. So I spent a lot of time singing and dancing and acting growing up. Um, I think that that has actually affected what I'm doing now more than I would think in the way that I take care of myself as an entrepreneur, as the way that I'm able to express myself and connect with people. I have traveled a lot. I just went to my 28th country. A lot of that has been personal, but I've also gone for a lot of service and mission trips, as well as now I get to go and visit a lot of our Simple Switch partners. So yeah, those are those are some good things about me. Should I do more of like a origin story? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like I said, grew up in Colorado, um, had kind of a heart for international things, From a young age, I had parents who were friends with um, pastors in Nigeria, so they would go there, and I really learned um, just to love the world from them, and then also learned about entrepreneurship from them. They own a real estate company. When I went to college, as I mentioned, I studied theater, and I was planning on studying psychology as well. I wanted to go into counseling, um, but decided to do business instead, honestly, mostly as a safeguard. I wasn't expecting to like it, but then I really fell in love with business kind of as a mission, business as um, an opportunity to do good in the world. And now I am obsessed with that. So <laughs> had a chance to do some business consulting in South Africa when I was in college as an internship and really inspired me that I should come home and use my everyday choices to be supporting people like my clients who were incredible business people with amazing ideas um, who could start a business in an instant if they were where I was, but just didn't have that great access to market where they were in country. And that's kind of what led me to start thinking about Simple Switch, which I can speak more of now or later or whenever you want. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Simple Switch and kind of where the idea came from and exactly how it works. Absolutely. So we are an online marketplace for what we call positive impact purchasing. So an easy way to think about it, and we've been endearingly nicknamed Amazon, but ethical, or a little bit more rudely, Amazon with a heart. But we carry over 3,000 products right now, and that's growing every day. Um, Everything from toilet paper to jewelry and everything in between, home goods, soap, Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting in my office and I'm staring around and we have all sorts of things from Simple Switch in here. But we really started out of that desire, like you said, that people really need this. I got really frustrated when I came home from South Africa that I I really wanted to use just my purchasing power because I was still a full-time student. I didn't have a lot of time or money to be putting into big systemic changes, but I felt frustrated that I couldn't use my everyday purchasing and my buying power to make that change. I really believe in the every dollar you spend is a vote for the future that you want. And I think actual voting is very important. But second to that, I think that the way we spend our money is extremely important in, in creating that future. So I came home to Amazon doing their their one-click buy thing. And I use Amazon. And I know a lot of people have to use Amazon, so I'm not trying to trash them. It's just a good, helpful comparison. But I felt frustrated that they were able to have these very, very convenient ways for people to shop and the kind of companies I wanted to see represented, the ones that were working in anti-trafficking or working with innovative materials to help reduce waste, all sorts of environmental and social good companies that were incredible and had incredible products that people would actually want. They were really, really difficult to find and would take hours of research to find them. Sometimes they're really difficult to buy them depending on their payment processing and 
I just realized someone less convicted than me and less motivated than me was never going to make those purchases. So that's kind of why Simple Switch got started is that we wanted there to be an easy and convenient place for people to find these products without so, so much hassle. Now, when you set out to start this, what did you find was the biggest challenge? Was it one, figuring out like, because your goal essentially, and I think your comparison to Amazon is a really good one. And, and it's, I mean, it's one of those things where like I use Amazon too, and I really wish that I did it. Like there's so many totally. times where I'm like, oh, I wish there was another option, but there really is I would isn't. love to see Simple Switch grow to the size of yeah. Amazon so that people did have that option. Yeah. You know, I would love to see us that big, but yeah. I understand that there's some things that are really specialized. And there are things you can do shopping with Amazon, like reducing your plastic consumption or something that I actually learned recently is that not using two-day shipping is actually really helpful for the environment because it reduces the amount of trips that trucks are taking. Mm. So if you're ever needing something not in a hurry. It's really great. So there are ways that you can still do well with using Amazon, right? It's not like evil or anything. Right. No, I Um, totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, there's the convenience factor. But I'm, I'm curious, like for you, as you set out to do this was, what was one of the biggest challenges in the beginning? Was it like, setting up kind of a technological framework? Like, was it creating a website that was, you know, essentially an ethical Amazon? Or was it figuring out how you're going to partner with these different companies and create a interface that is going to be user friendly? And like, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, all those things were small challenges. I remember the night before I asked our first partner, um, I can't even remember who I was going to be asking, but I was going to email someone and I had the infrastructure all set up. I was ready to start bringing on these awesome brands, but I was so nervous because I was like, if they say no, this thing is dead in the water. But luckily my partners, our impact partners are my favorite part of my job. Um, So they've been great. And then the building of the infrastructure, like you said, was certainly challenging because that wasn't my background at all. But honestly, modern technology has just made it really easy for me to learn. And so although that's been a huge learning curve, I think the biggest challenge has just been a change of customer perception. So I think you probably know this based on the people that you're talking to and the work that you're doing, but I think a lot of people often view this kind of shopping as kind of kitschy or it's stuff that you wouldn't really want, but I guess you'll spend money on it because it has a positive impact. Whereas for me, I was seeing all of these things that were day-to-day items. I mean, that's the reason that we're called Simple Switch is because we really don't want to encourage you to buy more things. That's not the goal. It's things that you're already going to be buying. We want you to switch that to these impactful companies. And it still feels like an uphill battle almost two years later to just help customers understand that normal day-to-day stuff can really make this impact. And I get why it's hard, right? We've had this kind of pounded into our head that these story brands are it's kind of for the feel good factor. And we're really trying to shift it so that, you know, consumerism as a whole, like things that you are going out and shopping for every day really can be those brands. So I actually think that was one of our earliest challenges and is still one of our biggest challenges. That makes so much sense because it's, you know, there are just so many, there are more options out there than there used to be for sure. Um, But just creating an like that opportunity to educate people is that is I have found is half the battle because I For sure. I agree because I mean over the years I mean 
kind of in, you know, my ethical journey, so to speak, has kind of been this eight, nine year process. Um, I've done this podcast for three and a half years, and I still get people all the time there where they'll say something like, oh, that fair trade stuff is so sweet. And I'm like, no, that's not. No, <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. That's not like. So creating like uh, or really breaking up those stereotypes that exist and all those kinds of things like it's just it's difficult. Absolutely. For sure. My favorite is when people hear about what we're doing. They always like no matter what time of year it is are like, oh, man, I can't wait for Christmas so I can go on and like find something for blank, 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 you know, instead of kind of going on and realizing that it's so much more than gifts. Right. It's so much more than like, I guess I'm obligated to get something for someone today. So it's fun when people make that switch, like a lot of our return customers or a lot of our people who are buying things regularly. It's really fun for me because you'll hear them tell their friends and they just get it. You know, they understand that, oh, like my actual just day-to-day life is contributing to this huge global change. For me, it's really exciting that it also makes people really interconnected. So it's not just about the economic empowerment, but if someone just knows who made their clothes or their home goods or whatever, it's just this really fun way to feel connected to someone either around the world or here in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. That personal connection is really what I think differentiates the fair trade, ethical, conscious consumer, whatever you want to say, like industry from, you know, shopping at Target, like the owners of Target and the makers of Target things don't have any connection to the people that buy them. But, you know, I love when somebody will say like, oh, I love that shirt. And I'll be like, oh, this is, you know, made by um, Gita in Nepal, you know, through a really awesome brand called Elegant Tees. Or like, let me tell you about where this bag was made and how it was sourced and all those kinds of things. Like those things that people are complimenting like you're you're buying these products anyway, but like let's create this personal connection that can allow you to feel a little bit more like you are a part of the process. Totally. And it really, I, I feel like it's really empowering both for the maker, but also for the consumer. When um, So I host a podcast too, as you know, but one of the questions I always ask our partners is what's your favorite impact story from the consumer side? Because we hear all the time people who they just have their entire perspective mm-hmm. shifted because they'll be talking to someone and hear about these makers. And then they understand, oh, like I am empowered to make this change. Cause I think a lot of times we feel really helpless. And since these things are just really little decisions that you, that you're making, it's fun to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing too, is on the other side, when you have that personal connection between the consumer and the artisan or the, you know, as you kind of, as you call it the impact partner, like they're creating a product that is beautiful, that it's well-made, that it's in demand. They're empowered because they're realizing like, oh, people actually like this stuff. People actually want to buy this stuff. This isn't a pity purchase. This isn't the, oh, that's really sweet. I want to wait till Christmas to be able to buy it because it'll make me feel good. When it's like, no, 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 this is a gorgeous, trendy piece, or this is a really well-made skincare product, or this is a really fantastic home decor item that I want to have because it's beautiful. And then the fact that it is ethically made or whatever is just the cherry on top. You know what I mean? Totally. So good. Absolutely. I love it. Yes. It gets me jazz talking about it. I, I love know. That this is what I do for a living. I know. I know. So so when did you officially launch and what has kind of the early stages of the business looked like? So we just started 2020. Very exciting. And I started working. I had the idea for Simple Switch, wow, five years ago. 
I haven't thought about that in a while. So in 2015, I had the idea. And then I actually did a year abroad in between there. So I wasn't doing any of the kind of technical work on Simple Switch, but I was in 11 countries in 11 months um, with a program called the World Race. And I was able to just kind of I think absorb some of the cultural context behind, honestly, some of the countries that we are now working with, which is great. So I was able to just try to be a good listener um, and hear what kind of impact needed to be made there. It really shifted my perspective on what Simple Switch needed to be. And then I also had all of these young people I was traveling with who could kind of be a focus group as far as consumers go. So I felt really well set up to start um, fall 2017 when I got home. And we... I spent a long time laboring over who was going to be my technical co-founder because I figured I couldn't do this alone. And then finally discovered the platform I'm now using, Shopify, and figured out that I was able to do a lot of that technical stuff. And it's definitely been a learning curve, like I said, but that was one of the earliest stages was just making that switch, realizing that this is a company that I, I can run. And then that year was a lot about bringing on partners and making sure that our infrastructure was secure. And we launched to the public after a short kind of friends and family trial period. We launched in August of 2018. So we are just about to be 18 months old. I've been joking with people that this, that having your own company is kind of like having a baby. So I think we count the age in the same way that like a toddler parent would count. So I'm like, oh, you know, Simple Switch is almost 18 months. (laughs) Um, But it's a fun milestone because I think when we were under a year, it, it was hard for me to feel like it was real. And now we're, we're pushing into some really big growth. We've had a really cool couple partnerships recently that have helped us get our ads out and have more people um, know who we are and what we're doing. And yeah. Okay. I'm taking just a quick break from my chat with Rachel to share with you the brand new spring, summer, 2020 collection from Seiko designs. The hopefully yours collection has everything from handcrafted legacy leather goods to hand woven and block printed textiles. Each piece in this collection is truly something to be treasured and celebrated, just like you. I promise that these pieces are going to become treasured items in your collection, telling not just a story of your personal style, but of hope and of resilience and belief. My personal favorites from the collection are the vintage satchel in this gorgeous mixed metallic leather, the rainbow chiffon skirt which I get compliments on every time I wear it and the short caftan in hide and seek but every single piece is absolutely stunning and I know you're going to love the entire collection so to shop this incredible fair trade collection go to seikodesigns.com slash molly stillman that's s-s-e-k-o designs.com forward slash molly stillman now back to my chat with rachel Now, I'm curious, like this is just from a logistical perspective because these are the kinds of questions that I always have. So are you drop shipping the items or do people kind of order through you, but then the partner themselves is shipping the item? Yep. So we are a drop ship model, but the way that that works is that the second thing that you said. So all of our partners, they hold their inventory and then the orders come through us. We place it through our partners and they are shipped from there. So the great thing about that is that we do not have a big warehouse, which actually was done for logistical and cost reasons. But I've recently learned a lot about just issues with warehousing as far as ethical treatment of workers and the people who are there, as well as the environmental impact of kind of having it driven there and then driven to the people's house as opposed to just that one um, delivery. So it's fun. It's had a lot of unintended benefits, but yes, that's our logistical model. Okay, cool. Because that's, yeah, that's one of those questions I'm always just very curious about. Yes. Like I've visited a couple of brands here in the U.S. that 
work I mean they work internationally like I actually just back in January I took to, a trip to Nashville and I was able to visit Able and see their warehouse oh, cool. which was really cool um, I've been to Austin Texas and I've seen um, Matter Boomy which is an amazing artisan group yeah um, we love that. and we got to see their warehouse too and it was so funny because my husband was actually with me on that trip and he was like what can I do where I can own a warehouse like and I was like, <laughs> I was like what that's awesome that's so what? cool but it, yeah man like that is like a whole nother level um, yeah I'm so impressed with the logistics pulled off especially with our companies that are working with international artisans for them to have production there and then all of I don't know, some of my podcast guests, we've talked about challenges and they'll talk about like, well, the, let's see, I can't remember if it was like a king or an ambassador had come through um, this village in Kenya where they are making these shoes for one of our partners, Rojo. And she was like, it delayed production and delayed the time where our shoes could get to the United States and be in the warehouse. But that's a really confusing thing to be able to explain yeah. to consumers. And so that's where that storytelling piece comes in for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'm just I'm fascinated by those kinds of logistics and Absolutely. and organization because like that's not how my brain works. And mm-hmm. I am not somebody who could set up those types of systems. But I mean, it, it kind of reminds me like this is obviously completely different, but it, it just reminds me of every time I fly which is a lot like I've traveled three different times in January's alone so like I fly pretty regularly but every single time I fly I think about like I'm fascinated by the logistics of the airline industry like (laughs) how are flights scheduled and like how do they know where a plane is going to be you know like if you're flying from you know uh, Raleigh Durham to London and then that plane is then going to go from London to Shanghai like I don't yep. like the logistics. And they have to get the food and the when yeah. I was in college we had an operations class where we watched a video about how they get all the food onto the airplane and that was fascinating because that is so much food especially for like an international flight yes. where they're serving you a couple meals it's just wild. And then that food has to come from somewhere. So then there's also the sourcing of the food. It, it's insane. Yeah. that's a, So anyway, that's what it makes me think of is because like, <laughs> I'm just like, my brain doesn't function that way, but it's yeah. fascinated by it. So like, Absolutely. I want to learn, but I could never do that myself. So that's not something because it's just not how my brain is wired. I'm more like, this would be a cool idea. I don't know how to execute it. but Yeah. And we need both, right? Yeah. Those people are so important. I'm learning that more and more as an entrepreneur of just who to surround myself with because I'm, I'm more like you. I think I borderline on the logistics side, but as far as I'm just spitting out ideas all the time and putting people on my team who are like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's Let's pull an execution plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My husband, I'm very jealous of my husband because he is one of those people who is very creative, has like, he's a really good writer, like has very, you know, kind of, I guess it's left brained creative person. And then also is really good with numbers and like loves an Excel spreadsheet where like that wow. is where my soul goes to die. So like he has both of those giftings and I'm just like, it's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> how how did God gift you with those things? Like <laughs> So good. What a combination. I know. I know. I know. But I mean, it's just one of the reasons. I mean, one of the many reasons I love him. So (laughs) um, but anyway, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you've you've launched, you've got this amazing podcast, you are really just doing the thing. And, you know, I always admire people who are in the area of just being like, you know what, this is something I I want. This is something I think would be helpful for consumers. And I'm going to actually sit back and do it or stand up and do it however you want (laughs) to word that but 
So what is kind of, you know, next for you? Obviously, your baby is 18 months. So, <laughs> but you know, like Very what cute. is what is next on the horizon in the in the toddler stage for Simple Switch? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just the getting our name out there. Um, I am pitching a lot recently. So I've gone to a lot of like entrepreneurship competitions and just areas where I'm able to get feedback on the way that we are messaging and the way that we are speaking to people. And in those things, I usually say, my next goal is that no one is going to be left wanting the way that I was as a conscious Mm -hmm. consumer. So Mm -hmm. the way that I was really looking genuinely, you know, and with a very excited, motivated heart looking for these kind of brands and looking to do this kind of shopping, but felt like I couldn't, I don't want anyone to feel that way. I want at the very least all the people who were as motivated as me to be finding these brands and then hopefully a lot more. I've just been looking at some statistics that $4 trillion, which is a million million dollars, is going to be spent on online shopping in 2020, just in the US. And I cannot even fathom $4 trillion, but to give you an idea, if we took a tenth of a percent of that and put it towards this ethical shopping and those things, $4 billion dollars. A tenth of a percent would be $4 billion towards things. And I just think about my incredible partners and the work they're doing. And that would go towards projects like reforesting and carbon sequestration in rural Africa, where it really is affecting people's livelihoods that the soil has been so depleted. Things like that. Or things like women who are coming out of sexual trafficking. And we have women both in Nepal and Bolivia who are working on products in Simple Switch. Like really big systemic changes that $4 billion put towards those projects, that's very real change. So my motivation behind getting our word out is that kind of thing where I can see, okay, if we're able to make this shift, it's a game changer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think that we are moving in that direction for sure. Yeah, Um, yeah, I love to see it. Yeah, I mean, because where we are now compared to where we were in 2011 absolutely, is two very, very different cultures, uh, uh, atmospheres. I don't really know what the word is. You know what I mean? It's just like two different Yeah, I feel like a lot of the words weren't even talked about. Yeah. Like things that are pretty popular, like you hear the word artisan, you kind of know what that means. You hear the word sustainability, you kind of know what that means. I feel like we're at this cool precipice where probably even when I had the idea for Simple Switch, those things just weren't very mainstream. Like in 2015, you didn't hear a ton of that. Now we're at where you're hearing a ton of it, but a lot of people are like really confused. Um, So people will hear something like Simple Switch and they ask me, so does that mean you're like selling recycled stuff? (laughs) Like they just can't really wrap their mind around um, the impact as a whole. And I think we're at this really fun place right now where people are just starting to kind of flip the switch in their mind as like under the huge umbrella of, oh, there's like exploitation going on in in my supply chain. I should stop that. And those kind of realizations are huge, right? Yeah. When people are deciding to make better environmental or social decisions. I don't know. I'm, I've been really proud to watch the shift of the industry over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. All right. Well, Rachel, I'm going to have all of the information for Simple Switch and your podcast and everything in the show notes. But now Great. is the time of the show where we just get to ask some fun to get to know you questions because that's Perfect. my favorite part. So, um, uh, Rachel, are you ready? I am. All right, cool. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, They're not hard, I promise. (laughs) Question number one is, what is your current guilty pleasure? Mm. I think like Netflix and Hulu. I've Mm. been binging shows very hard. Which shows uh, are you binging right now? 
specifically morning show. I actually just finished it, so it's hard to call it my current guilty pleasure, but I have loved Reese Witherspoon and the work that she's been doing to empower just like women producers and actors coming from the theater space. Like I mentioned, um, it's really fun for me to see there be more representation, both racially and in gender and morning show. It's a heavy show, but it was incredibly done. It's her, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell. And it's just short. There's just 10 episodes, but so many good things about it. And we have like the free trial of Apple TV plus right now. So I really want to watch it, but you said it's really, I just stopped my free trial because I I got it specifically to watch. That's hilarious. Can you give me like the short 30 seconds? Like, what is it about? Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, two women who are the hosts of the morning show. One starts as the host and one kind of comes up through the ranks fairly accidentally. And then they're really just tackling the kind of Me Too movement and figuring out how that affects their workplace at some place like a news. Um, So maybe they've been covering all of these Me Too stories and then they kind of realize that it's right there in their organization. Yeah, basically someone there at the morning show gets accused of sexual harassment and sexual assault. And then it's kind of how that affects all of them. You know, how the culture keeps them quiet, how people tend to speak out. It was it was very well done, very well acted, very well written. Mm, mm, okay. I'm definitely going to check it out. Definitely. So thanks. For, thank you for the suggestion. Well, on Absolutely. the flip side, um, not on TV, uh, are you reading any books right now? I just started something called The Power of Moments. Mm-hmm. So... It is by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. And the basic premise of it, I've heard a lot about it, so I'm excited to dive in more. But the basic premise of it is that the things that we remember are, my term would be magical moments. So things that are elevated, they talk through, if you add kind of like a lot of emotional weight to a moment, or if you make someone feel incredibly celebrated, there's four and I can't remember the other two. I guess I need to finish the book. But (laughs) um, basically trying to make sure that you're creating incredible moments in business and in life and that those are going to be the things that people remember. So for me, that looks like we, um, I'm about to write like 500 handwritten thank you notes to customers of simple switch, because it means that much to me that they have been some of our first customers. Mm. So especially those people who've bought twice, just taking the time to do elevated things. So instead of just getting a thank you email that they'll get that from me, but then sometimes it looks like, um, like we're going to start leading trips for Simple Switch. So instead of me just going to visit our partners, we'll bring groups of 10 to 15 people to come and learn more about what our partners are doing. So that's the way I'm trying to apply it. But I'm really excited to learn um, the actual strategy from this book. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, I will definitely add that to my my reading list. My goal for 2020 is 50 books. So I wow, need to add 50. some. That's so good. I did 45 in 2019. So I'm, my goal is 50 this year. We'll see if that's I can get so, there. I don't so know. So good. I think I usually <laughs> sit around 15, like more than one a month, but not quite two a month. I'm looking at my desk right now and I probably have a stack of like oh, 10 yeah. half, half read books. So I need to finish those. Yeah. And I'm always kind of reading a couple at a time. And then I also am like listening to one. So yes, like I, t- exactly. I tend to have like four or five books going at a time which Absolutely. maybe Me isn't too. like the best but I don't know that's just kind of how I am but I love it's to nice read. if you have some fiction and some nonfiction because yeah. that way you can kind of jump back and forth yes. depending on what your heart's feeling that's exactly what I've been doing and very strangely I don't know why but I've been on a kind of World War II um, kick and so I've read a lot of books in the last I don't know, like eight, nine months uh, that are either like historical fiction um, or nonfiction all about World War II. So I don't know know why that is suddenly, but I think I just kind of like read one that was really good. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to read more about it. And 
Yeah. So anyway, totally. It, you know, that's it's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, OK, so you travel a lot. So you've been on a lot of what's the longest flight you've ever been on in all your travels? Ooh, good question. I think when I was going from my longest travel day, I think was 38 hours. Um, and it was from Swaziland, which is where we were living that month to Argentina, which was going to be the next one. And so it involved a lot of buses and planes, but I think my longest flight was also in there. And I'm pretty sure it was the second leg of the flying part of the trip. And I think it was 18 hours from Dubai to Buenos Aires. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds it was right. long. But honestly, um, we were on, oh, what is the airline called? It's the one that's like out of Dubai. I can't remember the Emirates. name, but it is gorgeous. Emirates. Oh, Emirates. Yes, yeah. Emirates. It was gorgeous and they had nice movies and um, it was pretty comfortable. So, I mean, I would do an 18-hour flight like that anytime. We just flew Spirit to South America. I was just in um, South America last week and it was a little bit of a different experience, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. And when, when I went to Kenya in January, I had my longest flight ever and it was going... For, well, coming home was longer because of the tailwinds or whatever, yeah. going against the winds. And it was 16 hours. And I was definitely yeah. like, okay. <laughs> but so the reason I ask you that is because um, since you've been on a long flight, and the question is actually like, who would you want to sit next to on a 10-hour flight? But since Ooh. you've been on an 18-hour flight, <laughs> who would you want to sit next to on an 18-hour flight and why? Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to take this two directions. One is my mom. And that's probably different than what you're looking for, but I just travel with her a lot. Actually, this trip I just did, she came and did a partner visit with me in South America. But I feel like there's something about an 18-hour flight that makes you want to be with someone that you're extremely comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I like to travel with her. And then as far as someone, I would love to have them be stuck with me so I could ask them a million questions. I really admire... I always talk about Nelson Mandela. So he is no longer living. So I guess that's kind of cheating. But just... Someone like that who has just been a part of this incredible systemic change movement and someone who's an expert in things that I just don't know. And I would love to just gather and garner a lot of information about kind of justice and inequality. Those things are really important to me. Um, so finding a way to just – he would have to be in like the perfect mood to tell me everything though, you know, because I know a lot of people <laughs> – I think about flights and I'm like, if someone sat next to me and asked me questions for 18 hours – Oof. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I going to Kenya was next to some really cool people like in the seats right next to me. But to the left of me was somebody who let's just say had had a few beverages the entire oh, flight. And then it just yeah. And I was like, this is miserable and I can't get off this flight fast enough. Absolutely. So for sure. In any event. When people talk and talk right next yeah. to you. It's like, oh no. Oh man. Stop. Yeah, it was it was there was a lot of things happening. Um a lot. Uh but it's okay. All right. So my last question is the question that I ask all my guests and that is what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? I'm so lucky that business with purpose is just baked into who we are. Like we couldn't escape it if we wanted to. We're currently certifying as a B Corp, so benefit corporation, as well as climate neutral. So there's a lot of those more technical parts of running a business with purpose that I'm really thankful for because that structure allows us to do a lot of the both logistical, you know, financial, every part of making sure that we're really just doing the right thing at every turn. And I'm really thankful for both the heart to do that, but also the accountability to do that because I could definitely make a mistake um, if I didn't have those structures in place. But... I think for me, running a business with purpose also means 
being a person with purpose, because if it's not overflowing from like a very authentic place, if I'm not learning and growing in this space as well, I don't think it's possible to run a business like this. I think that's where you get companies that are greenwashing companies that are using this kind of talk just for marketing because the people behind them aren't nearly as passionate about the impact that they're making. So that's a big factor for me. Love that. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, Rachel, you are awesome. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. And I can't wait to see a simple switch be bigger than Amazon someday. Yeah, we're going to just. Me too, for sure. Hopefully we'll do it a little bit better, right? Yeah, we're just going to like speak <laughs> it. From their we're making it happen and it's just going to grow. And one day you're going to be like uh, richer than Jeff Bezos. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, who knows? Hopefully not. <laughs> if I am, I hope that everyone around me is too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I like it. I like that train of thought. Um, Rachel, thank you so much. You are awesome. You are so awesome too. Thanks for having me. I'd love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can always find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button to help make sure that you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment just to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show, as always, is produced by Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.